Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Well, good morning. How is everybody doing this morning? Yeah. So I just want to jump in, and I'm going to spend a couple of weeks, these next two weeks. I mean, I know it's Christmas, and oh, am I supposed to say this? Yes. Just look. Yeah, there it is right there. Bible app, we're there. Okay, great. Um, We're going to spend the next two weeks at least talking about this passage, which is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. My thoughts will be coming from there. I'm not going to start start there, but you'll see as we go. In that passage, within like four verses or so, Paul uses the word glory about 10 times. I think in the entire passage, he uses it close to 15 times to talk about God's glory. And so uh, that's what I want to talk about this week and then next week another piece of that uh, 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 passage in chapter 3. So I want to talk about the glory of God. Now when I began this, uh, to, to meditate on this, the first thing I thought of when we were dealing with the glory of God, and actually 2 Corinthians 3 mentions it, is the story of Moses when he was on the mountain when the law was being given. When the law was being given, he, he was on the mountain, and he said, he said this out of Exodus chapter 33. He says this. He says, Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. What a prayer. Show me your glory. I think we need to all be praying that prayer. God, show me your glory. And the Lord said to him, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I uh, will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one can see my face and live. In 2021 it says, and then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft, uh, in the cleft, in the rock, and I will cover you, and and, and, excuse me, and and cover you with my hand until uh, I have passed by. And then I will remove my hand, and you will see my back, but my face. You cannot see. And then in verse 29, he says, The Moses came down uh, after this is after he, the, he saw God pass by. Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets, those are the law, the covenant of the law, the Ten Commandments, in his hands. And uh, he, he, he was not aware that his face was radiant uh, because he had spoken to the Lord. And when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. And actually what happened is he ends up covering his face. And so I want to talk about God's glory because it's, it's something probably more than you realize. And, and so if I could just define what God's glory is, it's basically God's glory is his infinite Value, Like when you see his glory, you see his infinite value. Or you see when God displays publicly, when, he's, when you see his glory, he's displaying his worth. So that's why we want to see his glory because, man, it's all his worth. We want to, if we can see his glory, it will change our whole perspective on life. I really believe that. And we can see his glory. And so, uh, just so you understand, this word that they use when it's talking about glory, it's a very interesting word because it's like, 
it's not just, I know when we think of glory, we think of light. You know, we think of brightness, which is true. But the word itself actually means like God's, God's sustenance. And actually, the word, the Hebrew word, actually, it, it actually has like weight. It, 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 it has a measure of weight. So like the glory of God actually weighs something. Let's say it that way. And so that's why when it says when, in, uh, in Kings, where, where, where uh, the lady calls, calls out Ichabod, Ichabod, that's, I think it's Abad is the Hebrew word for glory, and Ich means leave, the glory of God has left. And I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but I have at times where we've used terms like the, it's like a holy hush. All of a sudden, you just sense his presence. I remember when, when, uh, when Rachel and, 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 uh, and Carol and myself, we did this, uh, we did this baptism. It was, a, it was a baptism of a Chinese woman. And we showed up and there was like more than, we were only going to baptize one, one girl, but there was like 15, 20 people there. And so we began witnessing and talking about the Lord. And it just didn't seem like we had any breakthrough. So I was like, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll just do the baptism. And so the, the, we brought the lady in the pool, and I shared the gospel again. And then all of a sudden, I baptized her, and she came up out of the water. And when she came up out of the water, all of a sudden, we felt something. We felt something change in the atmosphere. We actually felt a weight. And I looked over at, 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 at Carol, and I looked at Rachel, and I said, did you feel that? And they're like, yeah. And so I said... Is there anyone else that would like to get baptized? And this girl who I never thought would ever get baptized, she jumped in the pool. She said, I want to get baptized. And I'm thinking, does she really know Jesus? And so, like, I shared the gospel two and three times again. Uh, and she kept, finally, she just looked at me. She goes, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm like, okay, I think I got that. And I, and I baptized her. When I baptized her, all of a sudden, again, this boom fell. I mean, I can't describe it other than that. And the lady came up out of the water and she began to like stumble like she was drunk. She couldn't even stand up and she could feel the presence of God all over her. And, and we had to help her out of the pool. And then six more people got baptized that day. I mean, it was amazing. That, that was incredible. It was just like, it wasn't anything we did. We just sat, we just stood there and was like, well, God's here. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Because when God's presence comes, his glory comes, you feel a weight. You feel something. And, and, and I believe that God wants us to carry his glory. He wants us to display his glory. Now, in the scene with Moses, in the scene with Moses, this is when the law was given. So, and it says in 2 Corinthians 3, it says, when the law was given... It was glorious. So at that time, when the law was given, it was glorious. It was majestic. And as you see, it was so glorious that when Moses saw God, no one could even, everyone was even afraid to look at him because he had this glory about him. But in Moses' time, and from Moses' time, from that time that the law was given until Christ came, when God's glory came, the reaction of the people were always the same. And that was to shrink back, to fall back, to be afraid, 
Because God, when He displays His glory, He's displaying His holiness, His perfection. All who He is is being displayed. And at that time, they were in the law, and when they saw the perfection, what happens when you see perfection? You have to move away from it because they knew they were not perfect. And this is, this is from Moses' time up until Christ. And then in Luke chapter 2, what we see is we start seeing the transition happening. In Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, it says, and everyone's familiar with this passage, I'm sure, that night there were shepherds staying, uh, staying, uh, staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory or the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Okay, so here's the glory now. It's being revealed, right? And what do they do? They were terrified. They shrunk back. They saw the glory of God and they shrunk back and they, they moved away. They fell down and they were like covering their, their heads and everything. But now look at what the angel says. He says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. See, this is the transition that begins from the Old Testament, from the old way, from the the giving of the law and the display of God's glory. Now we're going to move into a new way, a new transition where it's greater news than when the law came. See, you have to understand that the law was like glorious. Remember, the, the Israelites were in bondage. They were in Egypt. They were, they, were, uh, they were slaves. And God, through the plagues and through his mighty power, what? He delivered them. And when he delivered them, right, now they went to the mountainside, Mount Sinai. They went to the mountain. And at that point, this was the first time where God comes and he begins to show his glory. God comes and he begins to have a relationship with them. So this is an exciting time. This is a glorious time because God is revealing himself. But all through the Old Testament, even the holies of holies, no one could enter the holies of holies. Even the priest couldn't enter the holies of holies. As a matter of fact, what they used to do when it was that one time of year where they would go into the holies of holies, they would burn uh, some stuff. I think it was hyssop, if I'm not mistaken, but forgive me if I'm wrong. And they would put it underneath the, the veil that separated the holies of holies for them, and they would put the smoke in there. And the reason why they would put the smoke in there is so when they went in, God couldn't see their imperfection. That was part of the reason. And it was a very scary time. They used to tie a rope. That was at least one of the things that they said happened. They would tie a rope to his leg, and if he died, they'd pull him out. That guy didn't make it. <laughs> you know? That was the way they lived in relationship to God. And God's glory was amazing. But now, in the New Testament, when Jesus dies, we have a whole new way. And so, I didn't put this on the slide. I just want you to listen to it, and then we'll dissect it. Um, I'm doing a little teaching today. 
uh, in 2 Corinthians, I just want to read this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. We'll go back through it uh, slowly, but I want you to just listen. Now, if the ministry, or in a sense the old way, ha- that brought death, which was engraved uh, in letters of stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, even though it was fading, will not the ministry of the Spirit even be more glorious? If the ministry or the old way that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious uh, has, so what, what used to be glorious, the old way, has no glory now compared to the surpassing glory of the new way, basically. You don't have to put that up yet, but it's okay. You're doing good. We're going to dissect it like this in a minute. And if, the, and if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory that comes later? And that's the glory that Jesus brought. Now, let's look at this. Let's look at what this all means. We have this contrast between the old way and the new way, or the old ministry and the new ministry, or the old covenant and the new covenant. That's what he's doing here. He's showing you the difference. And he starts out in verse 7. He says, the old way, it was etched in stone. It was like it was etched in stone. Do you know the only person to ever break all ten, ten commandments at once, right? You know who that was, right? Moses, when he threw the tablets down on the ground. And, and it, no? Oh, it took a second. took a second over there. It just took a second. You know what I'm saying? He took all ten commandments. He broke them all at once. Never mind. <clears throat> What do you call a person that has uh, no nose and no body? Nobody knows. <laughs> no, huh? No? Johnson, you here? Where are you, Johnson? What did the bodybuilder say when he, lost, uh, when he, when he ran out of uh, uh, protein power? No way. Anyways. Okay. So he's going to describe the old way, and that's why I broke this up. If you look down on the next slide, you'll see what he breaks it up. Next slide, please. There you go. Now you're ready. If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious. See, so he says the old way was glorious. And he says, in fact, the first glory, it's not even close to the glory of the second. It, the second one is overwhelmingly more glorious than you know, the new way is. And then he says... And if the old way was glorious, how much more was the new way? He keeps talking about the old way and the new way. The old way and the new way. And this is how he describes the old way. The old way was the law, and it was written on stone. It brought death. It starts out glorious, but then fades. It brings condemnation. And it, and, and it actually says, the old way says that your behavior is what makes you right with God. It's the only way. That's the old way. That's what he says in the old way. And it's interesting because just because it's an old way doesn't mean it's still uh, not followed. There are many people who continue to do the old way. They keep saying, you know what? I've got to... 
and, and I'm not saying, I'll, I'll share it in a minute. I'm not saying that you shouldn't follow the Ten Commandments. What I'm saying is you can't, the old way won't work. The old way will never work. Many have tried to follow this. Paul says that if you try to follow it this way, actually, your eyes are blinded. You'll never see the glory of God. That's what it says. It says when the Old Testament is read, it blinds your eyes. You have a veil over your eyes. You can't see it. When you try to live the old way, you will not experience nor see nor be able to carry the glory of God. And so, it, it, so my question is, this is really the question. Am I doing holy things to become holy? Am I doing holy things to become holy? That's the old way. I'm here. It's actually, it's, if you think about it, it's, the word is, uh, David, the word is preposterous. It's, it's, it's foolishness. It, it, you can't do it. Okay, let's take an example. Let's say that my, I have a glove on, right? And this glove is filthy. It's dirty, right? I've got this dirty glove on. And I'm going to try to do something to become holy. Guess what happens when I touch something? I don't become clean. I make the next thing dirty. Something unholy cannot do something to become holy. You're catching this. Something unholy, I'm going to say it again, cannot do something to become holy. It's impossible. Imperfection cannot do something to become perfect. It's already imperfect. This is the old way. And the interesting thing about the old way, the really interesting thing, is it's just like what happened with Moses. When you start down the trail... When you start down this old way, it seems glorious. At first, it feels glorious. I'm going to live a righteous life so that God accepts me. Sounds wonderfully glorious. Sounds amazingly glorious. As I walk down this trail. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll get to the other side. So it starts out glorious, but it will fade. So here I am. I'm trying to, saying, okay, I'm going to live a holy life so I'm acceptable to God. And I start off, okay, no drinking, no smoking, no cursing, no lying. Uh, what's the Ten Commandments? No uh, dishonoring my parents. Uh, the, the, the Sabbath, keep the Sabbath holy. No murder, right? And so I'm walking this trail, Right? First of all, I'm already in per- Before I even started, I'm in trouble. But I don't even know this. I think I'm glorious. And this is glorious way. What a glorious way. And then all of a sudden, what happens, what starts out to be glorious, it seems like it's full of life. But actually, it's full of death. See, if I don't do things, I'm doing nothing. I'll catch it later. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. What have I done? Nothing. But then, as soon as I try to do something, I do it imperfectly. I mean, okay, I decide that I want to help Jason. But in my heart, in some ways, I want to help him. 
but that's going to make me feel good. Right away, I got a problem because my motivation isn't totally pure. There's a bit of selfishness in there. Once there's a bit of selfish in there, imperfection. Ah! What starts out glorious ends up in condemnation. What starts out glorious ends in condemnation. So the first mistake I make, it shatters me, and now all I hear is sinner. All I hear is you are now condemned. You are not good enough. You didn't live up to the standard. You're in, that's the old way. That's the old way. Now, we get the good news. And that's the new way. The new way says, shouldn't we expect a far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? See, the new way, the new way, I'm jumping ahead, but I'll say it. The new way is not written on tablets of stone. The new way is written in our hearts. That's why Ezekiel says, I'm going to take that stony heart of yours and I'm going to make it alive. And I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in you. And I'm going to give you life. Like I said before as we were praying, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? So the new way doesn't... (laughs) The old way, we started at the bottom of the mountain, looking up at the mountain and watching the commandments come down. i just just thinking about this now. The new way, we start at the top of the mountain. We're already there. God takes us from the bottom and puts us at the top. It says what? It says he took us out of darkness and the lowest parts of the earth and he placed us into heavenly places. This is what the new way, we start from the top. We don't start from the bottom. We don't stop from imperfection. We start from perfection. We catching this? I don't know. Some of you catching it. Some of you still trying to figure out when am I going to get another ticket for the Christmas play? (laughs) Okay, anyways, anyways. In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all compared to the overwhelming glory of the new way. If, so if the old way, which, was, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glory is in the new way? And so the next statement is not, am I doing uh, holy things to become holy? The next thing that we, we, we go from that way to the new way is, I can do holy things because I'm holy. Some of you are catching that. And see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can do holy things because I am holy. Now, if you're really honest with that statement, if you're really honest with God, you look at yourself in yourself, your own self, and you go, man, I am a wretched rag. I don't know about you. I, I, I am like, you know what I mean? I mean, my thoughts are so far from pure you know, half the time, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, as I even sit here and contemplate my thoughts this morning, I can tell you, if I look at myself, <laughs> I've sinned already today. I know I have in my thoughts already, you know, I've already done it, you know, even in the, even if I take that worship by myself, all by myself and just say, 
my worship, was it just in myself acceptable to God? I'm sure it wasn't. But see, I'm not alone anymore. I'm not alone anymore. I've got the Holy Spirit now who lives in me, who now empowers my worship to come from a holy place to do holy worship. Can I, some of you get it. Some of you get it. Some of you haven't got it yet. Now, when you're honest with yourself and you look at that, you can, you, some of you might say, well, Pastor Don, you're awful. You know, you, you're awful like boastful because like I can sit here and I could say I am holy. Boy, that's a proud statement. Not when I think about it, because every time I say I'm holy, all it does is cause me to go to my knees and thank God because of what he did for me to change this body of this wretched body from nothing into something. That is a miraculous gift from God. And all I can do is shout, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, because you did it all, God. I did nothing. See, if we're honest, and stand before God honestly, then that's what empowers us because we realize it's not by works of righteousness that I have done, but it's according to your mercy that you have saved me. I I think I'm getting through. If if you're understanding this, say amen. amen. If you're afraid that the person next to you thinks you don't understand, say amen so that they think you understand. Because this is the most glorious thing. I remember uh, Pastor Jessica and I were talking about this this week as we were kind of putting this message together. And we kept sitting there going, this is deep stuff. This is like the good stuff. So now I come from a holy place so I can do holy things. That's why in in Romans chapter 6 it says, how can we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? What I mean by that is now... The only opportunity I have is to, boy, sorry for this word if you uh, Indonesians might, all I can do is tarnish my holiness. All I can do is stain my holiness. That's why I don't want to do that, you know? I, I, I've said this quite often. Anybody got an iPhone uh, 10X, the X one? You know the X one? Anybody got an iPhone X? Who's got an iPhone X? Raise your hand. You, you got it? Lift it up. Lift it up. All right, when did you get it? Throw it to me. Um, it's oh, it's already broken. <laughs> it's already broken. So she doesn't mind throwing it because it's already broken. But if it was new, she wouldn't want to throw it, right? Why? Because it's valuable. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Ooh. It's God's glory. It's God's holiness. It's God's favor. It's God's blessings. It's God. I don't want to just ruin that. I want to walk in it in such a way that actually it becomes more glorious in me every day. So that, as it says, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I always think of it this way. Salvation is in me, now let it work out. Let it come out of me. Let it be displayed to the world that, hallelujah, I am, I am nobody, but he is everything, and he is in me, so I am everything. I think, I'm, I think you're getting it. And so now I can actually do holy things. See, the thought, if, 
if we get into this idea, if I achieve, then I arrive, that's achievement-based. That's the old way. That's the old way. And the new way is through grace and through faith. It's filled with the Spirit of God. It has life-giving power. It makes us right with God. It becomes more glorious as we walk in it. It allows us to come close. See, the new way allows us to chase after His glory. The new way allows us to run after it, to, to possess His glory, to carry His glory. Not because I'm anybody, but because the Holy Spirit is in there going, come on, bring the glory. Am I the only one that's getting excited about this? And so when the angel said to the shepherds, I bring you Good tidings of great joy, which will be for all the people. He was talking about how glorious the new way is. And the new way can be for you. To be honest with you, we're prideful people. I'm prideful. And I want to be able to go, God, look what I've done. I want to stand before God and go, you know, yeah, huh? Did a good job, yeah? I'm accepted because that, yeah? See, that's all me. The problem is I can't do that. Because if I actually do that, God's going to go, you really want to see it? You know, I heard somebody say, I kind of like what this pastor said one time. He was, he was listening to this one. She was doing a solo, and she finished, and he, he came up to her, and he said, he said, wow, that was a really beautiful solo, solo you did. And she said, it was all God. And he said, sorry, if God did it, it would be way better. <laughs> you know, God works through us. You know, and so, but if it's really us, we can't compare to God. He, as soon as I say, God, look, look at what I did. Then he goes, you want to? You want to really look at what you did? And then he begins to show what you did. And it's not anything. That's what Job did. Job, I want, I want an audience with you, God. And God finally spent some time with him. Said, you really want an audience with me? Okay, let me ask you some questions. Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? Do you know this? Do you understand that? And of course, Job's like, no. And what does it say? Job says, I put my hand over my mouth. And I sit back down. And actually, he actually rested in God and said, okay, God, you the one. That's it. And the reason why we don't want to walk in the new way is it's very humbling. It really is because we, we can't take credit for anything. It's all him, none of us. So I want you not to try to achieve base. I don't want you to try to be achievement-based people. I'm going to talk about this in March, uh, about the garden and how we are no longer outside the garden, we're in the garden. Uh, I'm going to go back to that. I feel like God's calling, calling us back to that. If, you, if you're trying to achieve to get back in the garden, you don't understand what Jesus did. You're in the garden, baby. Woo! This is why I always say, and I know I've said this before, and I'm going to close right now. This is what I always say. Guys, you can come on out. I know you're talking back there. Get out here so we can worship. I know you're talking back there. You're not paying attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. 
You know, it's so funny. I got to tell you, I got, I got a minute. So I, I was in Surabaya, and I was speaking to this high school, right? And, 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 and like, honestly, when I, you might say, hey, you looked right at me today. I'm, I'm in my thoughts. I'm not really looking at you, to be honest with you. I'm like thinking of how to share and what to say. So I'm looking at you, but I'm not really looking at you in that sense, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm, and there's this, there's this guy and girl, this is 11th and 12th grade, there's this guy and girl up in the like fourth row up in this kind of mezzanine place. And, and, and they were talking to each other. They weren't listening to me. So of course, I just ran over, ran up to them, you know, put my elbows on the desk and just started preaching like that so I could get them to pay attention. Again, I wasn't really looking at them, not really. And as I got up and I turned and I started walking away, I looked back at them and I just said, so did you get a date with her, right? Now the place went berserk laughing, like over. It wasn't that funny, but they just started laughing way more. As I was leaving, like later, I was with the principal and she said, do you realize that that guy was a teacher and he was talking to a student? (laughs) I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So anyways, I've, I've lost everything now. The new way allows us to draw close to God. It says we can now go boldly into the throne room. We can now go into the holies of holies. And we can boldly go in and receive the grace. We can chase after the glory of God. We can say, God, pour out your glory as much as possible on me because I can carry it because the Holy Spirit helps me to do it. We come to a place that we are now holy and now we can walk this earth and we can pour out God's holiness to the earth. That's what He wants us to do. It's not a license to go and do whatever you want. It's a license to go out and do what He wants. Because you can't do it without Him. That's why it says, so the Word became flesh or human and made his home among us. He was full of uh, unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. See, we could start seeing the glory. That passage in, 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 in Exodus, that passage in Exodus, um, actually, it's almost that what, what, what Moses saw was the aftermath of God. Like what happened after, that's why he said, you can't see my face, you can't, you can only see after I pass by. It's almost like he saw God, like what he did afterwards. That's really what, what Moses was seeing. But now we can see him face to face. We can see his glory because of God's grace upon us. That's why God calls us this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. You are now a holy people. Because of Jesus, receive the holiness from God. Receive Him. Let Him change you. Let Him him rearrange you. Let Let Him purify you. And let His holiness become you. Yeah. And from that place, then you can begin 
to possess his glory, to see him and to bring glory. That's why he, bring glory to the world. That's why he says, let your light, let the glory of God so shine before men that when they see you doing pure and holy things, godly things, they might glorify him who is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray, I pray, Lord God, that you would reveal these truths to us, that, Lord, you would search our heart and the places where we are achievement-based, where we think we're outside and we need to do something to become your child. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would cause us to surrender in those places. Lord, the good news has come. The good news is you, Jesus, dying for us. And Lord God, making us whole. I receive your love, Lord God. I receive your grace. I receive your goodness. Lord God, I humble myself. We humble ourselves before you, Lord. And we receive your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.